Thanks for joining me here on Conversations for Yoga Teachers. I'm your host, Karen Fabian, the founder of Bare Bones Yoga. I'm a yoga teacher with over 15 years of experience, a certified personal trainer, and an entrepreneur. My mission is this, to help you develop into a purpose-driven, confident yoga teacher, one who truly understands anatomy and how to share it clearly and confidently so that you can help your students learn and as a result, grow your impact and connection. On the podcast here, you'll get a blend of both anatomy learning, stories from teachers, interviews with others in the field, and a dose of personal development. Once you listen to today's episode, visit my website at barebonesyoga.com for free resource guides for teachers. Download any and all of them, including one of my most popular tools, my sequence building template. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen today. Let's get into today's episode. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Conversations for Yoga Teachers. I am your host, Karen Fabian, the founder of Bare Bones Yoga. And I know, of course, that you're probably not listening to this in the morning, or maybe you are, and (laughs) that salutation is appropriate and spot on. Um, But regardless of when you're listening, I really am glad that you are. I am recording this on Monday, September 20th, 2021. We are kind of just plowing through September. Oh my goodness gracious. We're right into fall. And um, here in Boston, the weather's been really great. And I hope wherever you are, you are enjoying, uh, if there is a season, seasonal change, enjoying that. And um, your weekend was great. So today, what I wanted to focus on is for those of you who haven't had an opportunity to watch the replays or weren't on live for my three-part free training that I held over the past week and a half, I wanted to just briefly summarize some of the highlights of that. Now, don't, don't disconnect now if you, <laughs> if you did watch them. Um, you know, whenever I reiterate things or re-review things, I always add different, um, components, uh, not huge material changes, but there's always something to be learned from listening to something again. And I know in my training and development as a teacher, it's always been helpful to me to hear things multiple times. So if you did participate live in those trainings that I hosted on Facebook, or maybe if you don't have a Facebook account, you watch the replays that I made available on the thank you webpage that you get when you register for the training, um, I think this will still be valuable for you. And I'm just going to give you a special note that at the end of this episode, which won't be too long, uh, I'm going to give you a really special update on something that you can access starting today that's only going to be available until the end of the week on uh, Thursday, actually, not even Friday, Thursday. So stay tuned for that. So the workshops that I did were all under the auspices, all under the heading of a free training program I wanted to offer yoga teachers. And I wanted to give them something that they could really um, implement right away. So I, I didn't want it to be the kind of thing where, and I'm sure you can relate to this, you go to a training, you go to, you know, maybe it's a, these days, maybe it's an online webinar or seminar of sorts. Uh, or maybe you in the past have been to uh, different training programs in person and you come home and you're really energized 
being with other yogis and being with other teachers and the experience was great. And then you're like, well, what am I actually going to implement? <laughs> How am I going to do things differently as a result of my participating in that training and spending that money and spending that time? Um, and I, I know in my experience, that's always been kind of a conundrum I've had when I've returned home, I've had some of the best experiences from the experience side of things, but I, I never really came home with a lot of tactical things I could put into place. And, you know, I think in part because I have a very big corporate background, <laughs> I hate to kind of bring that up in a way, but I do. I mean, I worked in the corporate world for a long time, as I'm sure many of you did or do. And things are just looked at differently there. Everything is process oriented and process mapping and criteria lists and workflow and all of that. And, you know, I brought a lot of that thinking into my teaching and into the training that I offer yoga teachers. So I really try to create processes and systems and checklists and blueprints and all things like that for yoga teachers to make their lives easier. And more importantly, I mean, not that making your life easier isn't important, so you have space to do other things, but most importantly, so that your students really understand what you want them to do, and you can really grow your impact beyond just the classes that you teach. You can really start to answer student questions and really um, improve their lives in, in terms of the, the information you're sharing with them, both on the physical and you know just other aspects as well. And so when I wanted to create this training, I thought I'm just going to fast forward over all this stuff they need to know about anatomy. And I'm just going to go right to the end game and talk to them about the skill building part. And I knew from many conversations I've had with teachers, um, both those who have enrolled in my blueprint learning program and those who I've just had conversations with on social, I knew that there were three main areas that teachers were curious about and really beyond curious. They were really trying to learn how to do these things better. And those things were, are how to effectively cue without like stumbling for the right words to say, how to easily and, you know, without a lot of significant time and planning, create yoga sequences, especially sequences that might have different anatomical themes. And then how to answer student questions in a way that you feel like you really know what you're talking about and you're really guiding them to a solution. So that's what these three workshops were about. Each workshop covered one of those skills, cueing, sequencing, answering student questions. And I knew doing it that it was kind of leading people to the end game without giving them all the precursor stuff, kind of like giving you dessert without giving you a salad and giving you the main course and giving you something to drink. But I wanted to do that anyway. And I want to just kind of put a pin in that right now and just kind of make a little side comment here. You know, this is really what a lot of yoga teachers are actually doing for their teaching. They're, they're out there sharing cues without being able to reverse engineer the cue back to what actually makes up that cue. You know, if you ask people to do a certain thing in a posture and you're not confident that you can explain the why behind it, it's really not a cue that you should be using. You should stick with action cues. You should stick with alignment cues and leave the anatomical references for when you've done the work to learn the anatomy. 
And so I knew doing the training in this way was, I don't want to say unfair, but it was really kind of making a fast forward to the end game without giving you the steps along the way to teach you the anatomy. But I wanted to do it regardless. So what we'll talk about today are just some of the highlights from those three workshops. And, um, but I just wanted to give you a little bit of context there for the why behind the training so that you have that, um, you know, as you're listening to this. So in workshop number one, we talked about cues and we talked about effective cues. And I want to just kind of give you a scenario here. I want you to imagine you're teaching a class and you use the cue to roll the inner eyes of the elbows forward in downward dog. And someone comes up to you after class and says, hey, why did you use that cue? I don't get it. (laughs) What does it mean? And you stop and you realize you don't actually know what the meaning is behind that cue. So you stammer a bit. And at that moment, you you say, um, well, that's what I was taught to say. Now, I want you to imagine a second scenario. You remember in your training, you were taught to put a block between the thighs and bridge pose, and you never really understood why, but you knew it had something to do with keeping the feet straight. So you start teaching your class. And when you get to the part about asking students to place a block between their thighs, you get this funny feeling in your stomach, which you totally recognize is nerves. You realize it's related to the fact that you're not really sure of the why behind the cue, but you proceed anyway to teach it that way, hoping that that funny feeling in your stomach will eventually go away. So can you relate to either of these scenarios? If you're like a lot of the yoga teachers I talk to, these will hit home for you. So the next question is, how does experiencing these things when you teach make you feel? Well, again, you know, I can share some of the things that I've heard from other teachers, things like they feel nervous and anxious, They're worried that students will get hurt in their classes and they feel like an imposter or not qualified to be teaching. So what are you left to do? What's an alternative to this kind of thing, which over time, if not dealt with, will have you resenting teaching and most likely quitting. So two things, two things you can do. You can learn how to categorize cues into four main types rather than just like going on and on and not really having any organization to what you're saying. And you can start using a framework for the cues you present. So in terms of types of cues, and you've probably heard me talk about this before, maybe if you're a a longtime listener of the podcast, if you're newer, this is going to be new to you. And it kind of sort of makes sense. I mean, I'm not certainly holding out that it's rocket science here, but I think what is different and unique to thinking of things this way is that it empowers you as a teacher to really organize what you know rather than simply repeating things you were told to say, or just kind of talking off the cuff from what I always hear from yoga teachers. I'm teaching from my own practice. Well, I'm sorry, but that's not really a great way to teach. Teaching from your own practice is great if you're practicing alone, not so great if you're teaching a whole bunch of other people. You need to teach in a way that's student-centered, not self-centered. And I don't mean self-centered in a selfish way. I mean, thinking about how can you effectively communicate with your cues so that your students really understand what you're saying. And if you're teaching from your own practice and the sensations that you have, that only is germane and relevant and pertinent to you. And so I really 
need to push you if you're thinking that that's an effective way to teach and see if you're willing and coachable to look at it from a different point of view. I'm not saying you have to agree. You can do whatever you want. <clears throat> I'm simply saying <clears throat> this is another way to think about it that I think is much more focused on the student's experience rather than your own experience. So these Q types are things like, well, they are not things like, they are four types of cues. Action cues, alignment cues, anatomy cues, and feeling-based or somatic cues. So you can pretty much assume action cues are just what they sound like. They're words that convey action. So press your feet down, stretch your arms out, tip to the side, reach up high, um, squeeze your knees together, uh, spread your toes. I mean, these are all actions that are really clear for people to, to understand. And that's great because the less mental energy they need to expend trying to figure out what you want them to do is more energy they can put into their practice and, and, and more time or less time it's going to take them to actually do what you want them to do. So that's the first kind of cue. Alignment cues are things that describe the shape of the pose, and they usually describe something in relationship to something else. So it could be like your knee over your heel or your shoulders over your hips or um, uh, bend, bend to the side, which also can sort of be action related, but um, something like uh, drop your sitting bones towards your heels or stack your, your knee over your ankle, anything along those lines, alignment. The third one is anatomy cueing. So anatomy cues refer to parts of the body, um, actions of joints, muscles in action, muscles in poses, things that are anatomical in nature. And then feeling-based or somatic cues are just like they sound. They refer to sensations the student might be having. They might be an invitation to the student to notice something rather than saying you should be feeling this or you should be feeling that. And then beyond types of cues, <clears throat> I talk about frameworks. And frameworks is another thing that um, can help you organize what you know. So instead of just going into the class and having no pattern to how you're presenting cues or having no organization to how you're presenting cues and having it be sometimes you're speaking from the ground up, sometimes you're speaking to their core, sometimes you're speaking alignments, you know, and it's very disjointed for the student to understand what you want them to do because everything is always presented differently. A framework gives you a consistent pattern that you can use to present information. So one framework might be that you, for the most part in your class, cue people from the ground up. Another framework might be that you cue with all action cues. Another framework might be that you cue with action cues and one anatomy cue for maybe every pose or every other pose or every once in a while. And so I'm not going to get into a lot of detail here just for the sake of time. Um, and I'm also going to just let you know, and I'll remind you of this at the end, you can watch until Friday, all of these actual workshops. This podcast episode is meant to be a, kind of a recap, but for all the detail and further kind of blowing out of these topics, 
I'm going to tell you how to access um, the actual replays. You can do that. The easiest way is just go to my website, barebonesyoga.com. And on the events page, you're going to see the link for the training. And even though I've already completed each workshop, I have the replays up until the 24th of September. So we've talked about action, we've talked about the four types of cues, and we've talked about frameworks for cues. So that kind of is the bulk of content. And of course, I, I talked a lot more about this uh, in the actual workshop, but that's a high level overview of the cueing topic. And the takeaway skills for you here are um, being able to start to think about and create maybe your own list of action cues and alignment cues and anatomy cues. And, you know, if you find that you're stumbling over the anatomy cue type, that's okay. It's just a, a flag to you that that's a learning gap you have that you're going to want to fill in. And it's going to be helpful for your students if you avoid sharing anatomy-based cues until you learn the anatomy and are confident that you know it enough to refer to it in your teaching. So the next workshop we did was about the second cue. I'm sorry, the second topic. And that had to do, has to do with sequencing. So I want you to imagine this scenario. It's Monday morning and your next class is Wednesday. You're already sort of dreading it because you don't have a sequence planned. You sit down at the computer and start watching YouTube videos. After a few of these, you pull out this big book they made you buy for your 200 hour training. You flip through a few pages and pretty soon you're more confused than ever. Why can't this be easier? You sit down with your teaching notebook and start writing out child's pose to downward dog to lifting legs, alternating to standing. Okay. Now you're on track. You keep going pretty soon. Two hours have gone by. My goodness. Where does the time go? Does any of this sound like you? If so, don't worry. It's a common experience for teachers. They usually get one or two sequences given to them as part of their 200 hour training. They practice teach them for a few times, but it doesn't sound like their own words when they do. They also might feel constrained by these two sequences, wanting to be able to be a bit more spontaneous when they teach. How does anyone get to the point where they can just walk into the room and teach from what's in their head? There is a better way. This way has you leveraging a system, an organized outline or template you can go back to time and time again. And the best thing is that as you do, you'll be building up your own sequence library you can refer to over the years. So in the agenda for, or in the workbook for the training, and I'm gonna um, just let you know, you can get this workbook when you register for the training. And that's the link that I just referred to that's on my events page. So you can actually register for the training, even though it's done until I take it all down on Friday, the 24th. And when you register, you'll get the link to download this workbook that I'm referring to. And in the workbook is my sequence building template. Now I'm definitely not going to um, go through all the detail on the template today. Again, you can watch the actual uh, workshop number two, where I go into this in detail. I want to just let you know here on the podcast that this 
sequence building template literally takes you through step-by-step step how to build a sequence. And it's agnostic with respect to type of yoga. You can use this sequence building template regardless of the kind of yoga teacher you are and the kind of sequences you use. You can customize it to the kinds of sequences you wanna teach. The point is that it gives you a systematic way to pull from what you know to create sequences. And it doesn't have you constantly starting from, you know, the beginning and building, building sequences. And it also allows you to create, as I said earlier, a library of your sequences so that on those days where you're unsure of what to teach or needing to feel inspired, rather than going to YouTube, you can go to your own library of sequences that you've built and pull one out. So I'm going to leave that, you know, kind of as is in terms of the sequence building part and refer you to the actual workbook where the sequence building template is contained. The other thing I'll just tell you, if you don't feel like doing it that way, if you go on my website, barebonesyoga.com, right on the homepage is the link to download the sequence building template as a standalone document. So you can just download it right from there. So that was workshop number two. In workshop number three, I covered the topic of how to answer student questions confidently. And, you know, I can say, I can, I can remember, I used to be really, when I started out teaching, really afraid of people who were going to ask me questions after class. And I used to see people like wait to talk to Baron and wait to talk to Rolf. And, you know, I used to think like, wow, they must really know what they're talking about, that they can answer all these questions. And over the years, as I built my knowledge of anatomy, I got to the point where I was dying for people to ask me questions. And I loved when students asked me questions because we were able to really get into a conversation about what was going on in the posture or what they were experiencing well beyond what you could ever do in the actual class itself. So for workshop number three, I wanna give you a scenario here. Um, you're teaching a class and you notice a student looks a little uncomfortable and half pigeon. You're not sure how to approach them without disturbing their practice, so you leave them be. After class, the student comes up to you and asks you the following, what am I supposed to be feeling in half pigeon? You freeze. You realize you have no idea what this person is supposed to be feeling. What kind of question is that? You realize you're not sure how to answer that person's question, so you just end up suggesting whatever they're feeling is totally fine. That's what an experienced teacher would say, right? Second scenario, a student comes up to you before class and says they have a herniated disc at L4. They ask you, what should I avoid doing when I take your class? You freeze. You start thinking about the spine. Hmm, you're not sure how many bones are in the lumbar area. That's the lower back, right? You start to get hung up on the herniated disc part. Does that mean they can paralyze themselves if they do forward bends? You're not sure. So you end up saying, just listen to your body. That's what an experienced teacher would say, right? So what kinds of feelings come up for you when you think about being in these situations? If you're similar to a number of teachers I've talked to over the years, you might feel or relate to the following. You might feel like an imposter. <clears throat> you might feel unqualified or confused. You might feel like you can't be very helpful. You might feel anxious or nervous. And you might even feel like a failure, like you can't really be effective in helping 
your student. What you need is an approach to these sorts of conversations with students. Rather than feeling like you have to have all the answers, which is, hello, impossible to do, you need an approach to help you engage the student in conversation so you both can determine what's happening. Now, I'm not going to go through all of the questions because, again, they're in the workbook that supports the free training I did. And I definitely want you to download that because it's a really helpful guide. And it's going to give you information that you're going to use, I believe, you're going to refer to over and over again. So it's not just like a once and done thing. Um, so I'm not going to go over all the questions, but I want to just start out or I want to just give you kind of the overarching question that whenever you're talking to a student, especially if they bring up a diagnosis or medical treatment they're undergoing, keep in mind that your, that my, that our main concern as movement professionals, as yoga teachers is the following. <clears throat> what is this condition preventing you from doing from a movement perspective? And there's different ways you can word that, but the point of it is at the heart of it, the crux of it is, it really, to a certain extent, doesn't matter what their diagnosis is in large part because you're not qualified, I'm not qualified to assess someone medically, number one. Number two, even if we were nurses or doctors, we don't even have the time, nor do we have the appropriate diagnostic or clinical information in front of us to have a real in-depth, meaningful conversation with somebody about their diagnosis should they share it with us. So at the end of the day, the context of what we're doing for them is, hello, teaching yoga. So yoga is movement. So what we really want to know, the overarching question that we want answered is, what kinds of movements can't you do comfortably? What kinds of movements give you pain or discomfort? What kinds of movements maybe has your doctor said not to do, like folding forward, et cetera, et cetera. So that in and of itself, <clears throat> if someone comes up to you and the scenario is I have X, fill in the blank, what should I not do? That is a really good way to question them, ask them a question to start a conversation because then they're going to come back and they're going to say, whatever it is, well, I can't really fold forward or I can't really put weight on my hands. And now you're rolling. Now you're able to have a conversation with them about detail stuff, because with that information, you can start to see in your brain, well, if they can't put weight on their hands, they're not going to be able to do sun salutations or down dog or side plank, you know? So that is a really good way to get the ball rolling. And notice when you do that, yeah, they asked you a question and you're asking them a question again, but it's all in the spirit of having you both collaborate to get to an understanding rather than what most yoga teachers think, which is the person's coming up to me with a question. I need to have the answer and I'm going to burst that bubble. That's not the paradigm here. The paradigm is more, you are both collaborating to a goal of greater wellness and health for the student. And it's not all on you. It's a partnered approach. And so in a way, when you think about it, it's sort of unfair for students to ask teachers questions because we really don't have a lot of information. Um, but of course, that's kind of a hardline approach. Of course, they're going to ask us questions about, and I'm talking specifically about injury type things. Um, and of course, they're going to ask us questions and we want them to ask us questions. It's just that we as yoga teachers need to be educated on anatomy, 
number one. And number two, we need to have a more organized approach that really helps us get them to a better place so that they can stay in our class, so that they can practice in a way that's safe for them. Now, in terms of other types of questions they ask that have to do with like one of the scenarios I said here, what should I be feeling in this pose? Like a half pigeon example, for example. <clears throat> you know, this is where your knowledge of anatomy is critical because you don't want to prescribe to them, well, you should be feeling a stretch in your back hip and you should be feeling a stretch in your glutes on the bent knee side, you know, blah, 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 blah. But it is helpful to start out with the student to explain literally what is happening anatomically. And then from there, ask them what they are feeling and work down the path that way. But in order to do that, you need to be able to break down the pose into the anatomy for them. And for many students, like the example I gave you of rolling the inner eyes of the elbows forward in, in downward dog, um, you need to be able to explain why you cued it that way and what's happening anatomically and how that might relate to <clears throat> what a student might be feeling or not feeling. So again, back to what I started out with at the beginning of this episode, all of these skills are predicated on you really understanding anatomy. However, it doesn't mean that you can't take away from this free training. I did some really valuable, I believe some really valuable specific tactics and skills that you can use right away. Like for instance, one thing right out of the gate, you can start thinking about action cueing as your primary framework for teaching your classes. You can pull out my sequence building template, build three sequences and use those over the next six months as your authentically expressed and created sequences. You know, so these are some specific things that you can do right now, even if you know you have a learning gap around anatomy. So having said all that, I'm gonna, make a pivot here. I'm going to make a kind of a gentle shift here into the final part of this conversation of this episode, because some of you may be listening to this and may be thinking, okay, Karen, I get it. I know I have a learning gap around anatomy. I'm ready to actually put the time in to learn it. Or maybe some of you are like, I know I need to learn anatomy and I can't wait to dive into something that's finally going to help me learn it. Or maybe some of you are coming from the point of view of, I'm not really sure if I'm ready, but I know that I'd like to feel more confident when I teach. And, and really that's an experience a feeling that all of you probably have in all of those three scenarios. And there may be other scenarios that, uh, that you guys are experiencing as well. But I think the common theme that I often see is that even if a teacher doesn't know that they have an anatomy learning gap, they certainly know that they don't feel so great when they teach. They don't feel like themselves. They don't feel confident. They don't feel authentic. They feel like they're following what everybody else is doing. And, you know, some of that doesn't literally track back to not understanding anatomy. Some of it is more self-limiting beliefs in general, being impacted by what's on social media, being impacted by other teachers we know, that kind of thing. But I will definitely tell you that when you put the time in to learn anatomy, so many things in your teaching shift. And one of the things that really shifts is how clearly and confidently you cue people. And that really translates into not only how your students see you, but how you see yourself. And that is one of the most powerful shifts ever 
in terms of building your confidence. And when you're more confident, you just are more effective as a teacher, right? You're no longer questioning in your head, am I saying the right thing? Or worried or nervous or feeling like an imposter. So it is one of, in my opinion, one of the best investments you can make in your training. And the problem is that so many programs out there say they teach anatomy and they don't. It's blended in with a whole bunch of other stuff. They have, I've heard every story under the sun for why people didn't learn anatomy in their 200 hour training. And it has to do with how individual trainings are conducted. People that don't understand anatomy are teaching it. Some teachers tell me that there's somebody, there was somebody in their program who was actually a physical therapist. So the studio owner enlisted that person to teach anatomy on and on and on and on and on. So we have a whole bunch of teachers out there that don't understand anatomy and don't know where to go to find a program that specifically will teach them anatomy. And I've got that program. And that's what I want to tell you about as I wrap up today's episode, because I only open this program for enrollment a handful of times a, a year. And I'm opening the doors today to my blueprint learning program today on September 20th. And enrollment is only going to be open until this Thursday, the 23rd. Now, if you're already shutting down thinking, I don't have the money, I don't have the time, I don't want to do a course, I don't want to do anything online anymore, I'm tired of online, maybe this isn't for you. <laughs> However, if you are open to learning, excited about what I just described, which is being a super confident, knowledgeable teacher, I'm going to tell you the details. I'm not going to tell you all the details though, because I want you to think, I, I want you to go to my offer page because I literally wrote myself blood, sweat, and tears. Like I crafted a gift for you with maybe not tears, but uh, a gift for you. And again, it's up to you if you want to take it. It's certainly not something that you should feel any pressure around. I think of it though, as a gift, because for me, whenever anyone enrolls in my program, I think of that as a gift, not so much like, oh, shouldn't they feel so great that they're enrolling in my program, but I love working with teachers. So it's really a gift to me that I have an opportunity to work with a teacher and see them shift their teaching in amazing directions and really become empowered and become more confident and really start to have so much joy for their teaching and really start to come out of their shell and really stop doubting themselves. I mean, in the coaching sessions that I do as part of my training, I see so many amazing shifts in teachers. And so that to me is such a gift to for me to have that opportunity to get to know you and to witness your transformation. So on the offer page that I'm going to direct you to, it's going to lay out for you all the details of the Blueprint Learning Program. And I want to just highlight for you here, it is a program. It is not a course. Now, yes, there is a course part of it, but I also include other things like coaching calls, like access to a practice portal where you'll get access to all sorts of sequences you can use for reference, my anatomy manual. So the whole thing is a comprehensive program designed to help you learn anatomy. And guess what? That's the main focus of the program. I'm not talking sutras. I'm not talking other stuff. I'm not talking energetics. All that information is great, but that's not the point of my program. 
my program is single purpose focused on teaching you anatomy. And the way it's different from other programs is it's gonna take you through a step-by-step -step process. You're not getting that, I know, because I'm out there, I see these other programs. You're not getting a step-by-step -step process and that's why it's taking you so long to, you, to learn it and it's so frustrating and stress, stressful. My program is step-by-step -step and just the key things you need to know. Now, the other thing I wanna tell you, cause you're probably thinking, or you might be thinking, well, this sounds great, Karen, but I don't have the money. I can't afford it. I can totally understand where you're coming from. What I want you to know when you take a look at the offer page is number one, you can pay in full. Number two, you can pay in installments. Number three, you can save $100 if you want to commit to graduating in 90 days because I have a learning rewards program where I pay you back $100 of what you invested if you stay on a track with me to graduate in 90 days. So I give you lots of different payment options to make the pricing aspect of it, the cost aspect of it more manageable. So it's not just that you're going to pay for the course in full, for the program in full, you have two other opportunities to do it that spread the payments out and give you an opportunity to actually save $100. And then the other thing I wanna let you know is, think about, you know, in terms of comparison, when you take a look at the offer and you take a look at the pricing section, think about the thousands of dollars you spent on other trainings. This is not in the thousands of dollars, number one, in terms of the cost aspect. And number two, also think about what's the cost to you of the time that you're spending trying to figure out anatomy on your own? And what's the cost to you of those feelings that you have where you don't feel so confident when you teach? There's a cost to that as well. So all of that should be factored in to the decision you make. Now, here's the deal. Enrollment is only open until Thursday, and I'm only opening for 20 spots in the program because I want to be sure I have time to do all the coaching sessions with the teachers. So take a look at the offer page. My phone number is on there. You can text me, call me if you have any questions. My commitment 100% is to you. When you enroll, you will have my undivided attention for ongoing support. This is not the kind of thing where you're quote, buying a course and there's no contact with me. This is a program, comprehensive program with live interaction with me through the coaching calls and anytime support from me via email or ad hoc calls as you need it. So bottom line, when you go to my website, barebonesyoga.com, you're gonna see the events page and the link to the offer is there. It's actually right underneath the link for the free workshop. So if you didn't go to the free workshop uh, training that I was just talking about and taking you through the contents of, you can click the link to watch the free training, uh, free training, which is the three workshops. And then you'll also see the link to the Blueprint Learning Program to check out the offer. And you know, when you do click that link to look at the offer page for the Blueprint Learning Program, just take a deep breath and give yourself five to seven minutes because it's like an invitation. I wrote it out like an invitation and you'll just scroll down the page and just read the invitation and see if it's something that you're interested in. So that's it for today. I am really, really excited about the prospect of meeting some of you listeners by having you enroll in the Blueprint Learning Program. I would love an opportunity to work with you and witness your transformation. So have a wonderful week 
And I will talk to you next week on Conversations for Yoga Teachers. Thanks for listening. Namaste. Hi, everybody. Karen Fabian here. And thank you so much for listening to that episode. Before you hang up, before you disconnect and move on with your day, I just want to let you know, if you're like a lot of the yoga teachers that I talk to, you're looking for ways to break down anatomy into its key parts so that you've got an organized approach for your studying. Well, I'm going to tell you an easy way that you can get hold, get a hold of the topics that you should be studying. And they're all reviewed in my Learn Anatomy Challenge. This is a free video series that you can access online, watch the videos, download the guide that goes with it, and you'll essentially have an outline to shape the studying that you're doing because it takes the broad subject of anatomy and breaks it down into just the key topics that you need to know. So in order to get to the Learn Anatomy Challenge free video series, you're going to need to go to the special URL, the special web page that holds these videos. So if you're driving right now, you're probably not going to be able to obviously write this down. If you're able to write this down, I want you to just grab a pen and a piece of paper and just write down this URL. You can also send me a direct message on Instagram and I'll send you the link directly. If you're looking for the URL, you want to just go to it yourself. Uh, I'm going to give it to you right now. It is barebonesyoga.lpages.co forward slash learn anatomy challenge forward slash. And in between the words learn anatomy challenge are hyphens. So it's learn hyphen anatomy hyphen challenge and then forward slash. So again, I'll just read you the URL, barebonesyoga.lpages.co forward slash learn hyphen anatomy hyphen challenge forward slash. So that's the webpage that holds all of these videos. There's nine of them. Uh, and you can go through those and you can take notes. You can print out the uh, guide that goes with it. That would be uh, that will be a great companion guide to have in front of you as you're going through these videos. So again, if you have any trouble getting to it, just send me a direct message on Instagram and I'm happy to send you the link directly. Don't be on your own trying to study anatomy. Use this free video series to hone in on just the topics that you need to know. Good luck.